Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it's a pleasure to have uh, Pastor Hans Wultman uh, with us uh, today. Uh, Hans has served as the lead pastor at the Source Church uh, at Stirling for many, many years. He's also served as the state chairman of the CRC Churches International. And um, I just believe we're privileged in our city to have such a great man of God who has served faithfully uh, week in and week out, preaching the word of God, um, never deviated from truth and never been afraid to preach uh, the truth of God's word, even though times have changed. Um, but uh, Pastor Hans has always been true to the Word of God. He's a great communicator of the Word. I know that we're going to be challenged and inspired today. Uh, he's a great friend of this church, uh, spoken at this church for many, many years. Would you give him a big, big, big welcome as he comes to share and minister the Word today? Thank you so much, Joe, and what a privilege to be here in your great church and to see what God's doing amongst you. Excuse me then if I, every now and then I just turn around and make sure that I'm, we're on the same, same bit, but you can see what I'm going to talk about this morning. It's been a rugged few years for our world and uh, for you maybe as well personally. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm generally an optimist. Uh, I, I, I like to see the cup as half full. But there's been a bit of a half-cup empty year for me in certain things, which I'll share about in a minute, but also for, uh, for all of us at many different levels. So uh, let's get stuck into this. this. My wife has been buying stuff online, like most of us have been. And yesterday, uh, in our house, arrived or on Friday, arrived this box from... Um, it's on now. There we go. Arrived this box, and it, uh, it said that it was a box of joy. Can you believe that? The Kmart can box up joy and give it to you? So I opened it with great anticipation, and all it was was uh, some early Christmas gifts for our grandkids. Um, they all received something called joy, but the box of joy was below expectations. But, you know, it would be neat if we could just box up joy. And I want to talk to you this morning about joy and the nature of joy because it is something that our world desperately needs and it's something that God uh, desperately wants to give us in the midst of all the circumstances of life. And maybe you've gone through some things this uh, last little while where you just feel overwhelmed by what's been happening in, in, in your world personally. And we prayed for some needs earlier in the service this morning. There's always needs that are happening and circumstances that happen that just cause us to go, God, where are you? And you know, this morning, I want you to be open to the Holy Spirit and his investment into your world to give you a deposit of joy that surpasses the circumstances we may find ourselves in. Um, I put up this little poem up there, two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep, and the cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, croaked number one, tis fate, no help us around, goodbye, my friend, goodbye, sad world and weeping still, he drowned. But number two of, firm, firm, uh, of sterner stuff, 
Dog paddled in surprise, and while he wiped his creamy face he, and dried his creamy eyes, I'll swim a while at least, he said, or so I've heard he said, it really wouldn't help the world if one more frog was dead. An hour or two he kicked and swam, not once he stopped to mutter, but kicked and kicked and swam and kicked, and then hopped out of the butter. <laughs> the very same circumstances that take some people down can be the stuff that becomes your place of release. And God is here to help change your world and situation. You have a choice this morning. I'm having real problems getting this machine to work. If that's the case, you guys, there we go. You have a choice this morning to either wallow in your circumstances or to allow those very things that would overwhelm to become the place of joy, a place where you can find, even in spite of the situations you're in, that the joy of the Lord can be yours this morning. Joy in spite of. You might say, well, Pastor, you don't, you don't know the sorts of stuff I've been going through. Well, life throws some pretty curved balls to us, and I don't want to minimise what maybe some of you have gone through or are going through, or to say that, uh, just to trivialise things and say that they're not... They're not deep and profound and significant, because they can be. At this time last year, I got a, a prognosis I wasn't expecting at all over my own life and found myself in ICU and being operated on them. And uh, they found that I had one and a half litres of fluid in my right lung. And uh, my father had died of mesophilioma, which is related to asbestos. And I'd always wondered, you know, as a young boy hanging around him, whether some of this had rubbed off on me. And I said to my wife at one stage, when I get to my late 60s, 70s, which is when this particular sort of cancer manifests, I better get things checked out. So through, through no related issue at all, I ended up having some tests and, and they found this, which was pretty overwhelming. And when you doctor Google um, yourself on this condition, it said, well, you could have three to six months to live. And I didn't let my wife know that bit. <laughs> But, you know, stuff can suddenly happen in your world that just like that can change your situation. And I don't want to minimise some of you that maybe have gone through desperate circumstances and maybe even in the midst of them right now. But, you know, there's a sense in which God would want to be in your world that in spite of the situations you might find, you can find a profound joy that surpasses the situations you're in. And that's what I want to encourage you towards this morning. It certainly became my experience, you know, at the end of last year and into early this year, that, th that there was a, a, an inner strength that came my way that was just amazing. And uh, in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, you might remember the story. Nehemiah had found himself uh, um, in a situation where he was the, the one to build the walls of Jerusalem. And there was all sorts of opposition and things that came against him. And at one point he says these words to the people. Uh, this day, the day of our Lord, I don't want you to grieve, but I want you to understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, you know, some years ago I had the opportunity... Uh, uh, oh, there we are. There I am. I had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem and stand at the walls of Jerusalem. And man, they're massive walls that were built by, by the people to, to build. This is one of the few bits where the wall is still intact. And, you know, when you talk about the joy of the Lord as your strength, 
You know, Nehemiah wasn't just talking about picking up pebbles. He was talking about finding the strength that would allow you to do something that was almost uh, defies the natural. Um, I have been the last few days. Uh, look, what I might do, guys, is, is just point, and you can bring. Was that you that brought that up, or was that the power of my point? <laughs> you can see a picture up there. This is my, my son and I have been building for him on his property uh, a fire pit. And he lives up at Wistow and as part of the building of their house up in the Adelaide Hills, they'd quarried a lot of stone and, and we decided we'd make this beautiful wall um, and uh, this fire pit. And we we're sort of three quarters of the way through doing it. And, uh, but I tell you what, have you moved stone in your life? You know, even little stones like this. <laughs> Talk about the joy of the Lord is your strength. God, come on, give it to me. I need it big time. You know, but, you know, it suddenly puts in context that when God spoke these words through Nehemiah, he wasn't just talking at a trivial level. This was a profound level of joy. This was a, a level that would just surpass what you could uh, perceive in yourself or, or receive in yourself. And so we're going to explore that a little bit with you this, uh, this, this morning. And, and uh, there's a state of divine poise that God would want to bring into your world and life. That capacity that allows you to go through the circumstances of your world and life. It says it there that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy and peace. This is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not just something you can just conjure up yourself. This is something supernatural that God would want to invest into you and give to you in the situations and circumstances of your life. As Christians, we should live at an elevated level above that which you can do in your own strength and capacity. You have loved God, it says, uh, that righteousness and hated wickedness, and therefore God, your God, has, uh, has set you and your companions by anointing you, above your companions, by anointing you with the oil of joy. This morning, the oil of joy, mate, descend upon this place. Maybe you've been going through situations that have just, in the natural, been overwhelming. Let's move on to the next slide. You know, my mother used to have an expression about the Holy Spirit. She used to say, the Holy Spirit's like my shock absorber. You know, you know when, you, when you have God's presence and power in your life, you still go through the roughs of the road but suddenly they don't impact you to the same degree. There's a divine poise. There's a capacity that allows you to negotiate what would cause and cause everybody else to feel a pretty bumpy ride. And suddenly you have this capacity to ride through the situations of your world and life. Be open to the Holy Spirit this morning because he's the, he's the divine shock absorber. He's intended to come into our world and lives and give us a deposit, a fruit of his spirit, which would includes love and peace and all the others, but also joy. See, the challenge for us is always joy. Moving the slide along. Divine impartation. Joy, it says, in every situation. You might say, Pastor, but you haven't heard what my life's been like or the situations I face. Well, you know, I, I was talking to a guy the other day. I hadn't seen him for ages. And I'd heard his story. I knew some of his story 
um, from years ago where his wife had passed away with cancer. It was a very sad and tragic situation. And he, as a, as a young father, was left to raise three kids himself, all under the age of five, and he raised them. And he went on to tell me some of the rest of his story, how uh, in raising these three kids, he'd, uh, he'd uh, had his house burned down in the middle of a circumstance and situation. It lost everything, had to start again. Lives were saved, but lost everything else. And then he told me a bit more of his story, that uh, one of his sons, who by this time was a teenager, had become accused of lighting a bushfire up in the Adelaide Hills and had caused a lot of devastation and how they had to go to court and had to work through all this situation that wasn't, wasn't actually true, but they had all this false accusation against him and it was this very troubling time for, his, for this family and for him as a single dad. And you think, well, that's enough. Surely that's enough. And then he told the story of how, of how just only a couple of years ago, three years ago, He'd had a car accident, got knocked off his push bike by a car, rather, I should say, and got thrown into a tree and ended up with brain damage and was in uh, a coma for three months and came out of that and now has got a life that's pretty together um, but still finds that he hasn't got the same energy levels that he had before and has to take it easy sometimes in the afternoons. But for everything else... His life had been a parade of situations that I go, wow, if anybody had the chance to pull back, it was him. But instead, he had found in the midst of his circumstances a profound joy, a joy that sustained him in every situation. Listen to this next verse. Philippians 4, 4 says, But rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again. Rejoice. When are you supposed to rejoice? Now, that's one of those great blanket statements of Scripture. It's like, be anxious for nothing. You know, nothing? Nothing. Be rejoicing always? Always. How do you do that? Because it, it has to be a gift of the Spirit. It has to be something that you can't conjure up in yourself. There's a whole heap of stuff that goes on in our worlds that overwhelms us and things that we don't see coming, that we don't expect. But always joy? Yes, always joy. Next slide. It, it, A.W. Tozer wrote a fantastic book on the pursuit of God. And in it he has this quote, and I'll just put it up on the screen for you. He says, let us... Practice the fine art of making every work a priestly ministration. Let us believe that God is in all our simple deeds and learn to find him there. He talked about the sacrament of living. That life itself could be a pulsating example of God to our world. That what we live as Christians should show sacramentally, in other words, a picture of Jesus into our society, into our culture, into our world, that when we come to know Jesus, we actually allow every ministration, everything we do, to be a reflection of his presence and power in our lives and world. Now, here's probably the key statement for this morning. Happiness is situational, but joy 
is foundational. Our world pursues happiness. Pastor Joe talked earlier about, you know, the sorts of stuff you can fill your life with. And they can bring momentary happiness. There was a movie, wasn't there, by Will Smith called The Pursuit of Happiness. And it's, 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 it's where our world thinks and functions. And if I could just be happy. And we chase happiness, which in a sense is never satisfied. But what we're talking about here this morning is something that is foundational. And as I say up there on the screen, one second of joy is worth 12 hours of pleasure. One moment of divine empowerment from heaven above can bring a joy that defies the situations and circumstances you're in. And this morning that presence is here. And we believe in that sacrament of living. That all might be done for the glory of God. Have a listen to this verse in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 8. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and great joy. Glorious joy. Over the top joy. Inexpressible. C.S. Lewis, next slide, uh, is probably one of the greatest authors that our world's seen in the last hundred years. Amazing guy. Wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. His own autobiography he entitled Surprised by Joy. <clears throat> he, uh, he came to faith, Christian faith, in his 40s and uh, in, in, was a single guy, got married at not in, uh, when he was 58 years of age and had a, an amazing relationship with a lady for f- only four years whose name was Joy. So there's a bit of double, double meaning in that statement, surprised by Joy. For four years he experienced this amazing relationship of marriage with this lady. But he also had a relationship with God that surprised him. Because he said, if you read the story, he went through this incredible anguish of, with his wife's passing and wondered even if God was there. But in the midst of it came a, 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 a profound joy that rose up within him and he understood something of what this quality is that our world so desperately needs still today as well. Listen to this statement from him up on the screen. Uh, The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of men, and his compulsion is liberation. Do you know God is more committed to you than you are to yourself? His heartbeat is, is towards you. His compulsion is your liberation. He's so desperate to bring you into an experience of joy. Listen to these words in James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing or in anything, not lacking in anything. Consider it pure joy. What is this? Is this just some naive thinking of Christians that they're off on some other planet? Or is it actually true that the joy of the Lord can sustain you and be your strength, as Nehemiah had said? Listen to these couple of quotes that are up on the screen next. From Rick Warren. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. This morning, do it. 
Listen to this one. <laughs> Only when the emotions work in terms of values can the individual feel pure joy. And this was written by a guy, Viktor Frankl, out of his experiences in prison camp, in where he was deprived of all that would be the pleasures or the happiness of life. But he discovered in the midst of it all profound joy. You see, what I, what I want to encourage you towards this morning, next slide, is, is that you might understand how to live with a gratitude attitude. Joy despite what you're experiencing. There's an amazing hymn that we sing some of now in a contemporary way. It was written by Horatio Spafford, and it was, uh, It is well with my soul. You know the, you know the hymn? It is well. It is well with my soul. He wrote that after receiving news that his three daughters and his wife had been involved in a, in, a, in a boat going down in the midst of a storm. His wife survived, but he lost his three children. He was supposed to be on the boat with her, but for business reasons he was delayed. He was travelling rapidly to get to his wife uh, on the next available boat uh, across the Atlantic from New York to London, and he gets to a spot where... Uh, where the captain said, this is where the boat went down. This is where your three daughters are, in the waters. And you know, as he stood there, grieving, these words of this hymn came to his, to his heart. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's well with your soul. I mean, how can you say that when you've just lost three kids? God, how can you lay that one on me? And yet he felt it inside. This injection of God's presence and power that overrode his circumstances. It is well. It is well with my soul. You see, you only have what you have under pressure. You know, when the tough times come, that's when we discover where, where our metal is, where we're based, where, where we're actually, found, what is our foundation. As I said, happiness is, is circumstantial. Joy is foundational. Listen to this. Next point. In 1 Peter chapter 4. And verse 12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised when fiery ordeals come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. How's your theology of tough times? Do you understand that tough times, God's not off the scene, he's actually in the scene? That in the midst of your tragedies and difficulties, that you can have a gratitude attitude in spite of, it is well with my soul. You see, there's, there's no gain without pain. And, and, and tough times don't last. But it's the tough people that do. And there should be something of resilience, a divine poise, as I mentioned before, that rises up within the Christian. That sustains them in spite of what might happen. I don't know what the future holds. Who would have thought these last two years would have held what they did? We've survived amazingly well in Australia that's not to negate the fact that there's some who've had very profound and tragic loss in their own, in their own family and midst. 
Some of you have got family overseas and know how, how desperate it has been in some countries. But you know, there's a, something that God would want to impart to us this morning. It's his fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's his presence that comes into our worlds and lives. Here's a few things that I've, I just want to list to you that, that remind us of how to sustain joy. Firstly, the Word of God. The Word of God. It, it just it overwhelms me, actually, how, how, how shallow so many people's experience of the Word of God is as Christians. On that trip that I was in Israel some years ago, they gave us a little lamp. Only a little clay pot, clay lamp, no bigger than the size of my hand. You put it in your hand. But it, was, it had a little strap on it, and you'd strap it to your feet. You'd fill it with oil, and you could light the wick, and it would light about a metre in front of you. And they used to have that to walk. It was like their torches. And they'd walk, and as they walked along, it would light up the next bit of their path. They couldn't see the end, but they knew they were safe for the next step. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet. I may not know the end of the game, but Lord, I know I can walk in confidence in the next step. It's there for you this morning. The word of God, allow it to become part of the, the filter of your life and world. Isaiah said it like this. He said, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God, it stands forever. It's foundational. The Holy Spirit is your spiritual shock absorber, as I mentioned before. In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate in this church the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just a momentary thing that we flash into on Sundays. It's there permanently. It's part of the sacrament of living. That his spirit is with us and sustains us and gives us his fruits continually. Love, joy and peace, etc. The past promises and prophecies that you've been given. Words that God has spoken in your heart. Write them down. Remind yourself of them. Pick your friends smartly and wisely. Have some key confidence into confidence in your life. Who speak the same language as you. Because there's a lot of people who are just pursuing happiness, which is gone uh, here today and gone tomorrow. But we should be drawing ourselves to people who you know it is well with their soul. Because they know the Lord. Don't listen, therefore, to the negative voices that are all around about us in our world. And boy, there's been a lot of that the last year and a half. What are you going to fill your world with? Fill it with the presence and the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. Here's a few more. Next slide. Have a relief valve. Find, find that spot where you can escape to. For, for uh, Susanna Wesley, who was the father of John and Charles Wesley, uh, she had, I think, 12, 13 kids. She used to retreat to the corner, throw her apron over her head, and they knew that when the apron was up, you don't disturb her. What was she doing? She was centering her world on her foundation, which was God. 
Would she have had challenges and difficulties? You bet you. <laughs> 13 kids raising them. And yet she found her relief valve. You, you may be, what's, where's the spot for you? I know for me, I, there's a spot in our house. I, I go out onto our balcony area and I sit in our swing chair and it just centers me. <laughs> and I just, I've just discovered God in, in fresh ways. I remember a friend of mine, he had a, he had a chair in their house uh, they were just new Christians and, and he would sit in this chair and he'd always feel the presence of God. So he thought to himself, I must get my other friends to come and sit in this chair. And you know, for a whole season, people would come into that house that weren't Christians and they'd sit in this chair and feel the presence of God. So they called it the zap chair. And for ages, the zap chair was there in this house. And lots of people came to Christ as they found actually a place where they found the relief valve. Just steadiness, continuing on, in spite of what you're up to. Plot on. Some of you know Pastor Barry Silverback, great missionary leader in our own nation, and he used to have this quote on the bottom of his emails, which was a quote from William Carey, another great missionary pioneer in India. He says, I can plod and I can persevere in any definite pursuit, and to this I owe everything. Just keep going. God is faithful. We just sang a whole bunch of songs that talked about the faithfulness of God. Plot on. And time. We've got a little plaque in our entranceway. My background is Dutch, and some of you may be Dutch here, but this little plaque in our entrance hall says, Achter de Wolken schijnt de zon. That guttural Dutch language, achter de wolken schijnt de zon. And it just simply means that behind the clouds, the sun still shines. I mean, life, life, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I had no idea. I had all this fluid going on in my lungs. I said to my wife, didn't you hear me slosh around at night? You know, one and a half litres is a lot of fluid. No idea. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but it is well with my soul. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And tough times prove that. Not necessarily always the easy times. Behind the clouds, the sun still shines. This too will pass. Keep it in perspective. I always thought that was a quote of scripture. This too will pass, but it's not there actually. It's a Persian statement, but it works. This too will pass. Have you noticed that? Listen to these words from the psalmist. Have you noticed how things are different in the morning? Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It will pass. And ultimately, even death is a stepping into glory. Even the sadness of the loss of, of life here on earth is overwhelmed by the joy of life to come. If you've read any of C.S. Lewis, you know that that was his, his whole idea of heaven. Was heaven is everything that the earth is, only made more real. It was like stepping into real reality. Romans put it sort of like that when he says, we look in a mirror dimly at the moment, but then we'll see face to face. The whole of creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of what it's supposed to be like. So when you die, even in death, joy comes in the morning. You step over into eternity. And that's our great hope. 
Sure, we miss and we grieve. Sure, happiness is lost. But the joy of the Lord can sustain you, even through the loss of loved ones. This morning, my, my heartbeat is to you. To reach out to the God who's here. Yep. Next slide. Many of you remember this poem. It was on basically in every Christian's home in the 80s, usually in their toilets. And you'd sit there, I'd sit there, you know, and you'd read about this, this great statement about footprints in the sand. And it, basically what it was saying, there was two sets of footprints and then there was only one. And the poet laments and said, God, where were you when the tough times came? And the rest of the poem sort of goes on and says, well, at that moment, I picked you up. Now, here there's another version of this poem. One night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen, the footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared, and I asked my Lord, what have we here? These prints are large and round and neat, but Lord, they're too big for my feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused. You made me wait. You disobeyed. You would not grow the walk of faith you would not know. So I got tired and I got fed up and there I dropped you on your butt. <laughs> because in life there comes a time where mum must fight and one must climb, when one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. <laughs> Here's the next slide. Next slide. You can't leave footprints in the sand if you're sitting on your butt. You know, we, we sometimes wallow in the circumstances we're in, like I said before. We, we, we sit down and we just remain stuck in circumstances and situations. When God's saying the joy of the Lord can be your strength. It's not the joy of the Lord will be your feeling. This is strength. This is the ability to push through, to go forward, to take the life of faith and to move on in spite of your circumstances. It is well with my soul. I can do it by the power of the Spirit within me. The chance here this morning is for us all to reset joy. The voice of intimidation is around us and the spirit of control is there everywhere. One of the leaders of our church in one of our country towns on the last week was doing maintenance on the church with a couple of the other uh, men and he fell through the roof and he's now in ICU where I was like this time last year he's there now struggling uh, with brain damage and poten potential brain damage and many broken bones and he's not in a good place the voice of intimidation says this is desperate and I'm not minimising that at all but I got a, a, a text message from his wife this morning. And, you know, her faith and her hope and the joy that she has in the Lord just shone through and continues to shine through because tough times happen. Stuff occurs that we've got no control over. He would never have expected that this would have happened a week ago. She says that. She says, 11 days ago, my husband had this experience. We just went off to work like we normally do and thought it was going to be a normal day, and look what's happened. But in the midst of it all, God's presence has become so real and powerful. And she's had the chance to reset joy, as do you this morning. 
2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're divine, powerful, destruction of fortresses, and we destroy every speculation, every lofty thing that's raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What do you need to take captive here this morning? I, I, I hope you don't fall through any roofs. I hope tomorrow is a great day. I pray and believe for things to be good for my, me and my, my, my wife and my family. I continue to look to him for his provision. But we're not just in a natural war. There's stuff going down and we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In Scripture, there's many opportunities that are given, many examples that are given of people who reboot and refire themselves up after having lost what they thought was the joy of their life. Uh, some of you know these stories, but Joseph is a classic example. Thought he'd lost it all and found in the midst of his imprisonment a joy that gave him new perspective. Or Moses... Leading the people of Israel out of, out of Egypt. <laughs> and discovering that the joy of the Lord could be his strength. Or Samson, who naturally had strength given to him by God, but lost it all and rebooted and found himself afresh the purposes of God. And Peter, the apostle, and Paul. Other examples you can reflect on in, in Scripture that are reboots. And here this morning, we've got the chance to reboot, to realign. Can we do it right now in Jesus' name? Amen. Listen to these couple of closing verses. They talk about the oil of joy. They talk about something descending upon an auditorium like this that just fills you with the joy of the Lord. Psalm 45. You love righteousness and hate wickedness, and therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Listen to this next verse. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of of despair. We have been given an opposite spirit to the spirit that's in this world. Whilst our world pursues happiness, we have found the foundation of joy. The last slide just says this. You can maintain joy in a half cup empty world. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring but I know one thing's for sure. God is with me and the joy of the Lord is my strength. Why don't you stand to your feet and we can just play something on the keys. And, and let's allow Holy Spirit right now to just come upon you. Some of you have been facing uh, some loss immediately in your own church environment this last few days. Maybe you've had situations that have just been overwhelming you. Maybe for all you can, you've been pursuing happiness. But you know, there's something much more profound, and it's joy. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, so I can't even give it to you. Certainly Kmart can't box it up and give it to you. It comes from heaven. 
and it descends upon us like an oil of joy. And Holy Spirit, as we stand here right now, if you feel you, you just want to be endued with that power from on high, with that gift of God, raise your hands right now towards heaven and say, fill me, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. You've been on your butt just sitting where you are. <laughs> if you just found a stationary position and you haven't moved on, rise up now in faith and, and, and let the Holy Spirit just descend upon you with his joy. And may the joy of the Lord, inexpressible and great joy, fill you in Jesus' name. Lord, we stand against everything that would want to intimidate, every spirit of control that would want to take over our world and our thinking, everything that we, we could find that we think is loss. But we've found a place where it's well with our soul. Where we stand strong and we're surprised by the joy that comes into our lives and world. We're just amazed at your goodness towards us. So come, Holy Spirit, right now and just fall upon every raised hand that's here. Fill them with divine joy. Let the oil of joy be their part. And Lord, let it be part of the experience of our lives that we display that to our world. And where our world so is looking for something foundational. They will never find it in the momentary happiness of circumstance. They'll find it in the foundation of who you are, Jesus. And we would want to be uh, great examples of that. Where we stand strong despite what life might throw at us. We thank you for that, Lord. For your faithfulness towards us. And may the joy of the Lord be the strength of this church as it moves forward into the days that lie ahead. Come what may, you're in control and we honour you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with his presence. And let the oil of joy just wash over you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Joe, thank you. like prayer some of us will be here at the front we'd love to uh, just pray with you as you go and um, uh, next Sunday great service that we're going to have together God bless you you have a great week in Jesus name amen